KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. It's just a good conversation with somebody that you didn't know you were interested in. I'm Matt Leon, and this is One on One. I describe it like there are very few moments in life where you just experience pure joy and, you know, birth of your kids or wedding, things like that. I mean, that for me was like, it's like, I don't know what to do with my hands. You know, I don't, I don't know what to do. I'm, I, you know, it's, it's just like this just overwhelming feeling. I think especially because it was so, it was such a surprise. And our guest this week is Matt Midkiff. He is the head baseball coach at Swarthmore College. He's been there since 2012. And on his watch, the Garnet have become a top Division III program. Coach, thanks so much for taking the time. Thanks for having me, Matt. So we were talking off the air. Uh, just kind of give us a, a quick review here. What have the last nine months been like for you? Uh, since uh, they pulled the plug on what had been a phenomenally successful start to the 2020 season. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I've played a few different roles. Uh, psychologist, um, you know, it was probably the, the top one, you know, sort of uh, just talking with, with players and families and trying to help uh, in any way that, that I can. Um, Although, you know, not really knowing what to say or how to say it, just sort of being there for our players and programs and in the program and families. Um, and then moving, you know, into recruiting and, and uh, doing what we could control, which is trying to get more good players to come in our program and, and join our, our family. And, uh, you know, I feel like we've, we've done a really good job of that uh, with the staff figuring out ways to be creative in recruiting during this interesting time. And uh, we feel really good about where we are on that front. So uh, trying to stay busy and then also, uh, you know, picked up a job as a, a second grade teacher, which has been a lot of fun too. Um, you know, going back and, and going through the growing pains of second grade that, uh, you know, with, with my son. So uh, trying to do a lot of things, you know, around the house and, um, basically just, uh, just like everybody else trying to, to stay busy on things that are, are usually, uh, you know, kind of afterthoughts, um, during a, during a normal time. Without getting too personal, how, what are the conversations like with the players? Like what are you talk about psychologists? What a I mean, besides answering questions of, mm -hmm. are we going to play? Am I eligible? When are we going to play again? But like, kind of on a human level, what are the conversations you have with the kids who have to kind of watch their entire world get turned upside down? Yeah, I think we try to stay with a big picture mentality. And uh, we've just been talking about you know, when this is over and it will be over at some point, we want to have been the program and, and as individuals use your time the most wisely out of everyone. And, um, you know, there is, there is something to work for and, that's whether that's summer ball or uh, personal gains, you know, in the weight room or personal gains uh, with velocity or, or anything like that. Um, there's things to work for. And although the games are, are the most fun part and what we really want to do, that's not an option. So just like if, you know, we get, we get thrown something on the field that we, uh, you know, that, that gives us trouble, we need to deal with it and move on and, and move past it. And uh, our guys are very process oriented. So they understand that they need to get in the weight room. They need to, you know, be hitting off the tee and 
I mean, that you know, some guys are in in better situations than others when it comes to access to facilities and things of that nature. Uh, but a lot of guys are getting super creative, you know, pushing jeeps up hills and whatever they have to do to to be stronger and get better. So they uh, they've also been a, a comfort to me, knowing that those guys are are focused and dedicated, and they will not uh, let this time pass without improving and getting better. So you're a native of Florida, correct? That's right. So growing up down in Florida, baseball top of your list, or were you did you play everything depending upon who was around and what was available? Yeah, it's a, a little bit of a different culture down there because I never played anything but baseball. Uh, I watched one football uh, practice with my dad and didn't think that that was that was for me. Uh, so I played baseball every season from the time I was, you know, three or four years old until they told me I wasn't good enough to play anymore. And, and so it's, it is, it is very different, uh, up here. And I, I really like that the kids play different sports. I think it's great. And we've had some of our best players have been multi-sport athletes in, in high school. And, um, the athleticism is something that we definitely look for when we're, we're recruiting guys. So, uh, we found that guys that play multiple sports, once they, transition to baseball only they really improve and over the course of their four years they just get so much better and um and those you know the athleticism that they've uh, been able to to garner i guess with uh with those other sports has really been helpful for them uh, in translating to baseball and and that's why i think our our team has been so successful because we've got a lot of athletes on the field um and in division three baseball sometimes that's not the case so we definitely uh, we seek that out, and um, and I do I, I do love you know watching these guys who have this athletic ability kind of form into really good baseball players too. When do you start to realize you can play baseball a little longer than most? That you're going to be able to play it high school, <clears throat> college. You know there there had to be sort of a moment when you start to realize that eh, you know what I can I, I can ride this lightning a little longer than most. Yeah, that's a, you know, like I said, the culture's a little different. So it was almost, uh, my my parents weren't really sports people. They liked sports, but didn't really play. And I was, you know, I'm an only child. So uh, sort of just kind of played and enjoyed it. And uh, I would say my sophomore year of high school, I, I, I made the, at, at that time, we didn't have a really weird setup. We didn't have freshmen at the at the high school. It was a tenth through twelfth, and then uh, my sophomore year, there were they added the freshmen um, to the to the high school. But uh, I, I made the team, and and thought I was you know pretty good. And I was the backup shortstop, and and uh, and was pitching. Uh, the the starting shortstop was Sean Figgins, who uh, was a big leaguer for for many many years. Um, won a world series with the angels. And so that's, you know, you're standing behind, uh, I think he was a fifth or sixth round pick and you go, okay, well, that's a little different. Um, but you know, was, was in the mix and ended up pitching as a sophomore, um, obviously more than playing shortstop because Sean was there, but you know, pitched pretty well. And, uh, and then, you know, realized, I think, uh, at that point, I, you know, my junior year turned into the, the number one starter, and also played shortstop. So, uh, you know, kind of figured that part out and went to Florida state camp, had a really good 
camp at Florida State and the the you know the the pitching coach at the time talked to me and I was like, okay, well, that's cool. You know, I'm getting letters in the mailbox from Florida State. That's that'd be really neat. Uh, but just a very different, I guess, uh, mentality than than at this point where everybody knows where everybody's ranked and you know, kids are thinking about college at, you know, at 10 years old. And, um, and, and it wasn't that for me, we had one showcase, um, in Florida, uh, where I was in Hillsborough County. And it was, uh, the top 40 juniors and top 40 seniors at Outback Steakhouse, um, showcase. And the thing I remember most about that is we got the Alice Springs chicken sandwich, between uh like between sessions and then they had us go out and run the 60 after eating this uh this <laughs> this gigantic amazing chicken sandwich and we got a huge cookie and it was you know it was just like it's a very different uh very different experience than uh than than the, what we have today and I'm, I'm really grateful for that because it was just very simple you know and uh but at the showcase it was all the big time programs and the guy next to me was going to Hawaii and the other guy was going to Penn and you had all these guys going to these really good schools. And, um, you know, it just, it was a, a really cool experience and, uh, you know, got drafted big leaguers, uh, you know, future big leaguers were there with us. And, you know, it was just, it, it was a, a really cool place to play and to, to grow up and just didn't think anything of it. And then come to realize, you know, it's a really, really good baseball area. And a lot of kids, uh, you know, went on to be, very good college and, you know, and professional players. So you started at, at University of South Florida and then went to Wilkes, correct? So had a stop in between. So, uh, yeah, went to, went to USF, uh, was a pitcher, um, signed as a pitcher and was there for two years, uh, ended up transferring to Moorhead State University, was there for, for a year, had an injury there. Um, and then that's where, when I ended up at Wilkes and, it was a really interesting thing because in Florida, there are no division three programs. So I didn't even know what division three was and ended up uh, at Wilkes was kind of down on baseball, you know, coach Folick and coach Babbitts and coach Kleintob there at Wilkes uh, were, you know, they said, Hey, you can come here and you can play and have fun. And that was just a really cool thought for me at the time. And so went there for two years um, and, and played, played for two years and really, really enjoyed my time there. Had some successful seasons with some great teammates there. Um, was a grad assistant for a year there to finish my master's degree, and uh, then started the the job search and uh, you know trying to trying to get into the baseball business. Did you always trying to get into the baseball? Did you always want to coach, or you know, with a master's in business? Were you looking possibility of front office, like, or are you just looking for opportunities at this point? And as long as it's in the game, you're feeling pretty good. Yeah. I think like everybody, I just thought that, you know, maybe I could play in the big leagues and, you know, it, it, playing with some guys who are big leaguers, you think, okay, I'm pretty close. Um, but you know, it turns it turns out you're not. You know, um, the, those guys are just different. So, you know, that was the first thought, and then I just never, I n- it never crossed my mind that I wouldn't, that I wouldn't be involved with baseball. So, coaching was the the natural thing uh, for me, and you know, I never really considered front office because for me that just felt like too far away. 
from the game. So, um, yeah, coaching was the, was always the thing that, um, that I really wanted. I just enjoyed being in the dugout, being around players. And, you know, if I could make it, I would hope I could help someone else make their, make their dreams happen, which is a pretty cool, you know, it may, may even be cooler than, than having your own dreams realized is watching a bunch of other people realize theirs. So you go right into as a graduate assistant, and I ask this, when you're a graduate assistant at the place you were playing, it's almost like that light switch goes from you're one of the guys to all of a sudden you're telling the guys what to do. How difficult a transition was that? And were you ready for it? Because I think maybe that young, you kind of get it, you don't get it, and you're, you kind of, it can be awkward. Yeah, it it was a situation where all of my, all my buddies on the team knew that that's what I wanted to do. So they, they were very respectful of that. And then I took a step back from any sort of social interaction and, and things like that so that they understood that I really meant that I wanted to be a coach and I wanted to do this. And, you know, fortunately coach, coach Follett gave me a lot of leeway there um, with putting, you know, practice plans and different things like that so that, you know, it gave me a little bit of street cred, uh, with the guys as well, calling pitches, things, things of that nature. So pretty cool, um, opportunity there as a, as a guy right out of, right out of playing. And, and it is very, it is very different. Um, you know, I've seen, uh, one of my own, uh, assistants, Mike Santello, who's the recruiting coordinator at, at UPenn. Uh, he was my first assistant at Eastern and he, did the, you know, he was doing the same thing. He just finished playing and I met with Mike and I said, uh, I said, you know, it's, it's tough. It's tough doing this and, you know, being friends with all the guys. And he's like, you know what, these guys need to get a lot better. And I said, okay, you're hired. Um, so like he, he got it, you know, he, he knew that, that there was, there was a lot of room for improvement. So I think it does take someone who has that mindset um, and, you know, respect to, to my, my friends on the team that, did know uh, that that's where my passions were. So you're at Wilkes. Do you ever think about going back to Florida? Did you fall in love with this area? Or, uh, you know, what was the thought process, especially when you're you're young like that and, you know, all kinds of possibilities? Yeah, so for me, I was up for going anywhere. And I I think it's, you know, another thing being young and not realizing, especially in, in the baseball business, that everybody wants to coach, right? Everybody who's 23, who is a baseball player, uh, wants to go get a coaching job. So I applied for probably close to 30, 30 jobs. I got one rejection letter and I got one, uh, one phone call for an interview. And that was at Frank Phillips college in Texas, which is a junior college, um, in the panhandle of Texas. And I remember I was, I was actually working at the Lionheads brewery, uh, because one of, uh, one of my coaches at, at Wilkes was a, uh, was the brewmaster there. So coach, coach Kleintob helped me out with the job there. And, um, so I'm, I'm working there and, and I, I went in and, and did my stuff for the day and, and was exhausted, went home, did the phone interview and, and fell right asleep. And I, I wake up to the head coach calling me back saying, Hey, can you be here in a week? And, uh, I said, yep, absolutely. Um, I'll, I'll be there in a week. So, um, 
my mom flew up from Florida and we gave stuff away and left stuff and packed everything we could in the car and, and drove to the Panhandle of Texas. And, and that's when uh, my coaching career officially started. Did you realize you obviously like, obviously loved what you were doing. Do you realize you're good at it or is it just, I'm enjoying it. The guys seem to respond. Do you like, do you ever take that Seth tell that step back and think this really seems to fit me. And I, it guys respond and I, this, this could be it for me. This could, this is the direction I'm going. You know, it's, it's funny because, uh, you, you kind of like, at this point, I think, yeah, I'm pretty good at this. At the time, you know, you're not that far away from the player's age and, and trying to get respect is not the easiest thing. And, um, and, and I see this and most coaches I, I feel like are, are like this. They, they go from playing to coaching and then they're, they are going to, to conquer the world as a coach. And I was just like that. And so, you know, this is, this is how you have your shirts tucked in. This is how you do. Everything's got to be. Da, da, da. And, you know, I think that that may be, that may work for, for some people, but I don't know that it works that much anymore. I don't know that it works with young guys, especially with a young guy telling them, Hey, this is, this is the right way to play baseball. And so I think over over time you sort of understand that there are there are battles that you should fight and there are battles that you don't necessarily need to fight. And you know, for for me, if my guys have long hair, awesome. As long as they're you know, are they are they playing hard? Are they good people? Are they respectful? All those things that, that the standards that we have. Um, but at the time, I mean, there was, in my opinion, there was one way to play baseball. And my golly, you guys are going to play it that way, you know? Um, and so it's, it, it wasn't always, it wasn't always because why are they not listening to me? Why am I? And so, you know, I think through those trials and through those um, difficult times, you sort of understand how to relate to people and it's a people business. It's most of the time you interview for a baseball job. There are very few questions about baseball. They assume that, you know, you know, baseball, but how do you relate to people? How do you deal with situations um, how do you mentor? How do you how do you recruit? I mean, that's the that's the big one. If you have the best players, you're you're in pretty good shape. So, yeah, you know, it was. Uh, I don't know that I. I still don't know if I'm really good at it. You know, I I hope that people think I'm I'm good because I'm good to them and uh, care about the players that play for me and and care about their families and hopefully you've developed a program that, that everybody can be proud of, of being a part of and that winning is a side effect of, of what we do well. So what's it like you go down to Texas because you, you drop in somewhere in your mid-20s, you don't know a soul. Because I did a similar thing in my business. I went to Missouri for a year where I got mm-hmm. my apartment over the phone. Uh, first, I, I showed up and paid the deposit and all that. What's what was that experience like? Like just kind of starting anew in Texas. Yeah, it was. It, it was. Uh, it was kind of culture shock. Um, it, the town that I that I lived in um, was home to the largest inland oil refinery in the country, so it always smelled like gas. <laughs> so um, that was like, oh, okay, it smells kind of kind of like gas. Um, I mean, the big city was Amarillo, which was 45 minutes away. 
And so Amarillo is not really that big a city, you know? So, uh, so it was, you know, and, and I was doing, uh, you know, morning stuff at, at 6am early stuff. And then I had to teach a class, uh, at the college and then we had practice and then extra hitting at night. And so, I mean, we're talking, you know, whatever, 16 hour days, um, full days. And so that was, it was, it was a lot, um, especially like you said, not really knowing anybody. So, uh, became friends with a couple of the, the other coaches there. Um, but it was, yeah, it was, uh, it was, Hey, you want to do this? Here you go. You know, this is, this is a full-time job and, uh, I, it was very good for me. Um, I realized very quickly that junior college was not the level I wanted to, wanted to coach. Um, it just didn't, didn't suit my personality. Um, and so fortunately I was, was able to get back into a division three program, you know, pretty quickly after that. And, uh, with a lot of lessons learned from, uh, you know, from my time at the junior college. Yeah. But how, and you kind of alluded to this, but the fact that you're somewhere where you don't know anyone and you're learning how to do something, it probably, did it, does it accelerate your development as a coach because you're kind of had the blinders on by default where you're just focusing on the job constantly? And like you said, learning what you like and did it help sort things out, the fact that you're kind of dropped in the middle of nowhere and doing what you want to do? Yeah, I think it did. It, it uh, you know, there was a lot of time with the players learning, uh, you know, who they are, why they were there. Um, you know, we had guys from all over the country, which is kind of interesting for, and even, you know, Puerto Rico, we had some guys from the Puerto Rican baseball Academy, uh, that came to play, to play for us. And it was very good baseball and, you know, very high level, uh, of of junior college baseball, but yeah, it was, it was 24 seven, you know, the, the one, uh, one story I remember is it rained there probably twice in the in the year that I was there uh first one was the the day I got there and it was hailing and you know so golf ball sized hail everywhere and and then we had another game hailed out so those are the two times but so I'm I'm driving into the you know past the field one day and it's completely flooded and um I'm like well it didn't rain I know that so I call the head coach and clearly somebody uh had tried to flood us out we had a game the next day or that day um and you know it turned out our our shortstop wasn't going to be able to play and so the guys thought that the best idea was to try to flood (laughs) to to flood the the field so we couldn't play so we could move it to another day where he could he could be available and so you know it we we ended up working i mean i you know working to get the field ready uh got it ready we end up playing, winning the game, of course, because that's how life works. Um, and it was just one of those things that was like, this is this is what these guys thought was the best idea instead of, you know, co- coming together, support the backup, whatever. Now nah, we're just going to we're just going to rain this thing out and see if we can do it tomorrow. So um, so there's like I said, it, it didn't really it didn't really suit me, but I have a lot of a lot of good stories. I probably couldn't share a lot of them uh, on air, but uh, there, there's some good ones out there. So how do you end up your first uh, stint as SWAT as an assistant? What's the connection? What 
how do you get there? So my uh, friend of mine, uh, Nolan Nyman, whose dad, uh, Tim, is the is the head coach at DeSales. Uh, Nolan was good friends with Stan Exeter, who was the head coach at Swarthmore, had just been hired, and he was looking for someone. I had actually taken a job at uh, Maple Zone as the pitching coordinator there, and I happened to move about three miles away uh, from from Swarthmore, and uh, no one said, well, you know, Stan's looking for an assistant. So I uh, met with Stan and he said, yeah, nobody else supplied. So it's all yours. Um, <laughs> so, uh, you know, it, when uh, went in, you know, kind of blind to what Swarthmore was and um, and the first first year was definitely challenging for Stan and I. And, you know, but had some had some good recruiting that happened. And and, uh, you know, it was it was ultimately you know, it turned out to be, uh, some very successful players that, that came through even when I was, was not at Swarthmore. Uh, but you know, it was, it was definitely a challenge, but, uh, really cool to be back at division three and, you know, try to help build a program. When do you start thinking that you, you obviously know you would like to be a head coach, but when do you start thinking you're ready or are you, does that not how it works where you start thinking you're ready, you're just looking whenever the opportunity presents, you're ready to jump on it. Yeah. I, uh, I got my first head coach interview. Uh, I believe it was after my first year at Swarthmore, uh, at Misericordia. And, uh, they ultimately hired, uh, Pete Egbert, who was obviously the right hire. He's done a fantastic job at Misericordia. And so I didn't obviously didn't get that job. And then, uh, you know, the, the way things were working at Swarthmore, I was a strength conditioning intern and that was a two-year program. So after the second year, that that income would have gone away. So I was, I was really looking for a job and, and didn't know, probably figured I'd, you know, go back down south and, and try to find something down there if, um, you know, if nothing worked out. And pretty late into the summer of my second year at Swarthmore, uh, the Eastern job uh, was open and and I think they had had, uh, it was part-time and then they ended up adding an admissions component to it. And so I, I sent my stuff in sort of just emailed the, the AD, Hey, I hear this thing's open, uh, ended up going and, and, uh, you know, having the interview with, uh, Mark Wagner, who was the AD at the time. And, uh, you know, I guess said uh, enough right things or maybe another situation where nobody else wanted it. And, uh, they said, "Here, here you go. Team's not very good, and you're you're also an admissions counselor. So have fun with that, you know. But that's those are the jobs you get at 26 uh, to be a you know to be a head coach at 26. It's you know you're not uh, Vandy's not coming open. So um, so I took you know obviously took that job, and uh, I'm grateful for the opportunity there, and uh, you know a bunch of great people at, at Eastern. So I think that first year was rough. I think you won three games." that first year, but what did you learn? Like, did you feel comfortable in the head job right away? How much of an adjustment was it? You know, what was it like the first year? And you're still only three, four years probably removed from age wise from a lot of the kids. Yeah. My, my, uh, my joke with that season is that, uh, I don't know how we won three and, uh, you know, so it was, it was rough. It was, it, it was, I was the same as I was in a, as an assistant when I 
kind of first started, I was probably a little too crazy and a little too intense uh, for for where we were as a program. But had uh, had Mike Santella there and and Dave Lorber, who uh, is now the head coach at Montclair State. So that was that was our staff, and we, you know, basically just recruited. <laughs> uh, that was the big thing: is let's get let's get some guys that fit us a little bit better. And uh, so we we worked our butts off. We did. We instituted some standards and 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 had some players on that team that ended up. Uh, you know, I'll get into uh, in, in a little bit, but ended up being good players and have, have now stayed in baseball. But it, it was it was tough. I mean, there were, you know, was, that's the the thing you're kind of talking about is you sort of question, can I do this? Am I capable? Because we we stink, and um, and so you know, I had to I had to learn at that point that I can't get my value as a person from my team's record. You know, if that's if those two things are tied, then I'll never be happy because only one team wins a national championship every year, and that coach probably isn't completely satisfied either. So, um, you know, so I had to separate those two things and and understand that if I treat people right and we do the right things and work hard, then you know that's really what I can control. And sometimes the ball's going to bounce your way, sometimes it's not, but. Um, you know, we just have to put everything in place and can can control the things that we need to control. And, um, you know, so that's, that was, that was year one. And then, you know, fast forward to year two and, and we win 21 games and, uh, you know, that was a, a really cool, fun ride. And, and I, I especially was, was happy for the players who had been there and, you know, a lot of them had to take backup roles, but they never won before. And they just felt like, this is really cool that we can win games. <laughs> um, I thought that too. I thought it was really cool that we could win games. So, um, you know, that it, it, it can happen. It does happen. You know, if you just, you know, stick to it and, uh, and bring in, bring in the right kind of guys. But, uh, but yeah, it was, uh, it, I learned so much from, from year one that has helped me and helps me still to this day. I want to talk about that, that huge jump, but the three wins, and I don't mean this flippantly, when you look at the career, how special were they? Because it was your first time as a head coach, but it wasn't a group. I would imagine there was a, a, a an ability to kind of savor them where once you start to win, I don't want to say you take for granted, but it's not quite the same experience. No question about it. I think, uh, you know, I always think about John Madden, and he stopped coaching because – it, he said, "When I when we won, it was a relief, and when we lost, I was you know completely miserable, and and it was devastating. Um, and and you're right. I think it, you have to really focus on what that what that win means. And it's really hard to win in any level in any sport. It's really hard to win. So the the win is the payoff, and, and it and that doesn't mean that the process shouldn't be the thing we focus on, you know and Sometimes you do everything right and lose. And I do remember, I mean, remember, remember that first win we beat uh, Wesley and the head coach uh, was Trip Keister and Trip is now uh, in, in pro ball and he's a, a really good guy. And I remember him, you know, walking over to me and saying, that's your first, right? And I said, yeah. And he said, well, you know, great job. Congratulations. And, and it, it meant a lot to me that, that Trip would, you know, would say that I'm sure he was 
pretty upset to lose, <laughs> to lose to us. So, um, you know, but he, you know, and, and I always, I always have remembered that and, and, and try to, to do the same. Um, but it was, yeah, I mean, it was just, it was overjoyed, you know, like just emotion that I, you know, we did this, I can't believe we did this. And, um, you know, and, and I think even more was a game that we lost, uh, our first game, my first game as a head coach was, was on spring break and we lost 20 to nothing to York. And, um, and co- I, I was joke with Mike Santella about this. He was, he was coaching third and the first inning we have a ball hit toward, you know, towards the gap guys coming around and he wait, he waves the, he waves our guy the the cutoff man had the ball when the guy was probably five feet from getting to third base. He turns and throws it. Our guy's out by a hundred feet. And, uh, and we never got anybody past first base again. That <laughs> I guess it's like, Mike, you, you know, you, you blew my chance to score a run, you know, first, first game as a head coach. Um, but two days later, we ended up uh, taking that, that York team to extra innings and we lost four to three to them. But to me, that was like, you know, Hey, look at, look at what you're able to do, you know, look at what we can do guys. And, um, and so I was really proud of that and probably as proud of, of that loss as I you know was with the win. So you go three wins to 21 in your second year, obviously you were able to bring in better players. When do you remember in that season? Like, well, you know what? We're, we're pretty good. Like we're, we're, we're a tough out now. We're, we're not, anything close to what we were nine, 10 months ago. Yeah. I think we, you know, we had a good trip, good spring break trip. And, and those are always tough to tell because you can, you can stack a spring break trip, however you want uh, with, with different opponents and things like that. But I think, you know, we played, we played pretty well. We played some okay teams and, um, and then we got back and started, you know, started competing. And, and when we got into conference, I remember we, you know, we beat, we beat the sales, which, was you know at at that that time the sales was the you know king of the conference and misericordia uh was right there and i i think we took one from them and it was like okay like we we're you know we're not we're not bad anymore we're not you know we're not terrible anymore um and so we just sort of coached them like we weren't bad and uh and and they started to believe in that and uh and you know we did have we had some good players we had uh you know uh, guys that were that were very good division three players and, and, you know, our, our pitching wasn't super strong, but we could hit and we could, uh, we could defend a little bit. And, uh, and, you know, it got us, I think we were one game out of a playoff spot uh, when all things were, all the things were said and done, but uh, you know, we were up, up in it until the last day or so. So it was, it was just a fun ride and, and yeah, disappointing that we didn't make the playoffs, but to have that kind of turnaround, I think it was, either the, the best or second best turnaround um, in the country. I guess you set the bar that low, you're going to, you know, have a, a chance to, <laughs> to jump over it. But, uh, but it was, we were really proud of that. We were really proud of the, uh, of the work we put in and, you know, and all the accomplishments that we had that season. Time for a break here on one-on-one. We will have more with Matt Midkiff right after this. And we are back here on one-on-one. Our guest this week, Swarthmore baseball coach, Matt Midkiff. So you end up spending four years at Eastern. You have your success. You return to to SWAT after that for the 2013 season. Kind of was that job opens up and you're like, 
I'd really like to 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 get that or you start to hear rumblings and you know st- uh, people start talking and and you land the job well i i found out before it was posted i found out that that it would be open and i uh you know i reached out to the ad um adam hertz and i said hey you know why don't we just why don't we go to lunch <laughs> and uh you know just sort of you know for no reason um uh, and uh and i told him i said if you give me an interview i'm gonna get this job and he said well apply um and we'll make sure you get that interview. And so, um, I, I walked in there and, um, like I really wanted the job and, and I think that they knew that. And, uh, and it definitely helped having some, you know, some historical perspective on the program and, and knowing some of the players, uh, that had just passed through there, I was involved in the recruiting with, with some of those guys. So, you know, I think that was super helpful. Uh, had a chance to sit down with the players at lunch and kind of tell them, you know, my my thoughts and my plans. And and one of the big things was, you know, we are a top top ten liberal arts school, top five liberal arts school. Why can't we match that in baseball? You guys achieve in all these other aspects. There's no reason we can't do it in baseball. Um, and I think that resonated with them. And uh, you know, getting that job was getting this job was, uh, you know, just just one of the highlights uh, of of my life, and uh, was a it was a place that I really believed we could win, even when the evidence didn't really show that. You know, there was nothing to to indicate that we could we could do that. But I felt like, you know, in, in other sports, you look at a lot of the a lot of the good teams are are the best academic schools uh, in Division three. So, you know, let's do that too. Uh, was was the thought, and uh, yeah, was was really pumped to get the Swarthmore job. Obviously, a completely different approach taking over this program than when you took over Eastern. I mean, it's just different situations. Uh, how did it differ? Yeah, I think uh, you know, just communication with the players. They had uh, you know, just different type of communicators. I think and uh, received messages differently, and that was really important to try to figure out how, how best to, you know, to have that discussion with them, how best to ask them for more effort, how best to, you know, sort of set ground rules with, with guys who go to classes where the professors want them to question and want them to dig into to issues. And at times that doesn't work in a team setting, you know, a team sports setting. So um, how can we differentiate between, maybe that classroom experience and the, the athletic experience, but also use the things in the classroom uh, to our benefit on the field. And, um, and, and, you know, that has taken some time, but uh, you know, I think we have, we have some, some things figured out about the people we recruit and um, those type of people thrive at Swarthmore and in our program. Yeah, your first four or five years, you guys have success. You're a good, you're a good program, and then 2018, you kind of step through the lexicon, and you go from a pretty good Centennial Conference program to an elite national squad. You win 38 games, you win the conference, you you sweep through the regionals, and you end up in the college Division Three College World Series. Going into 2018, if I talk to you beginning of the school year. I don't know if anyone, if you're ready to say, oh, we're going to compete for a national title. 
but do you do you have a feeling that this is the best group I've ever had and we've got the potential to be special? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I thought we were ready to go. Um, the previous year was the worst record, you know, we had uh, in some time. And I felt really good about it. Uh, we had a bunch of sophomores and freshmen that played and competed, and we lost a lot of close games. Um, I thought we were two years away. I thought 2019 would be the year that we could, and by no stretch did I think, you know, I thought we could win the conference in 2019. So that was, that was kind of my thought. Um, but we were just early, you know, and, and that's kind of what happened is we were uh, a year early and our, our guys were, I mean, the work ethic of our players and that's kind of our key component is it's off the charts. And those guys wanted to be, they wanted to be really good. You know, we started out that season uh, pretty well and we, we went, on our spring break trip to, uh, to Oregon, Washington and Oregon Pacific Northwest, which was, I mean, you talk about a bunch of like, you know, weird, weird looks. Like I had three heads from the players when I said, Hey, guess where we're going to go for spring break. You know, they had to, to pack the towels and the swim trunks away and, uh, you know, get the, get the puffy coats out for their spring break trip. They weren't really pumped about that, but, um, but it was a really cool bonding experience and it was, it was a grind. We, uh, you know, we played 10 games out there. I believe it was in six or seven days, but none of the places were really close. So we're, you know, we play uh, a double header, hop on a bus, drive four or five hours to the next stop, get out, get in the hotel, get up the next morning, you know, play, play another double header. Yeah, it was, it was a grind. It was, uh, but I, I really feel like it brought us, closer as a team and you know what was what was interesting was the the last the last three games we played Lamet and they were very good they're a very good team and they swept us and we were weather was 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 pretty good uh the whole week but uh that uh that that last game the ninth inning got rained out and we're all kind of just sitting there in the dugout and you know everybody's kind of like bummed and I I was talking to the guys about this don't let this become the norm. Don't let this, this, this sweep, this is not who we are. And we need like, just because it's easy to say, well, we're on the last leg of this trip and this team's really good. Uh, we don't have any excuses. We flew across the country to play and to win. And wherever we end up, we're going to play to win. And once we got home, um, we just started beating everybody. And, um, and it was, I mean, it was really, really cool to watch those guys. And, uh, you know, it was talk about just, just letting them go, you know, and they just came out and played and competed and had fun. I mean, it was the most fun. And, and that's, what's interesting too. You know, I talk about where I grew up and, you know, talk about just baseball, baseball central. I mean, that's, it's all baseball. And, and we've got guys, you know, dancing outside the dugout and, you know, and, and, and it was funny as we're in the regional and we've got, you know, we're, we're beating some of these national powerhouse teams and I can just see the look on the faces of the, the coaches and the players on the other side, like we're losing to those guys. They're doing the Macarena, you know? Um, so, uh, you know, but, but that's, you know, I think that's, 
baseball is, you know, our, our guys are, are, it's so intense academically and, and it's their outlet. And that doesn't mean we don't do it right. That doesn't mean we don't work hard at it, but it needs to, there needs to be fun. It needs to be fun. That's why, that's why we all start playing sports is because they're fun. And at some point, you know, whether it's societal or whatever, we say, well, now it's not fun anymore. Now it's a job. Now it's a business. Well, you know what? I think these guys deserve to have a little bit of fun. And, um, you know, as long as they're doing it within the, the, the bounds of what we think is acceptable, then, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm all for it. And it's just really cool to see them, you know, just have those expressions, especially these guys with, you know, 35 ACTs and they're going to be doctors and CEOs and lawyers. But, you know, today on this baseball field, they're just kids playing a kid's game. So what's it like when you win that Centennial Conference title? Uh, you ended up uh, beating Hopkins, right, in extra innings? Yeah, I, you know, there's – I describe it like there are very few moments in life where you just experience pure joy and, you know, birth of your kids or wedding, things like that. Uh, I mean, that for me was like I didn't know – it's like, I don't know what to do with my hands. You know, I don't, I don't know what to do. I'm, I, you know, it's, it's just like this, just overwhelming feeling. Um, I think especially because it was so, it was such a surprise. Uh, it was, it, you know, not something And that, you know, it's kind of like you get there, you're like, okay, well now we're kind of supposed to win, right? <laughs> like we're, you know, we're, we're in the driver's seat. And so, um, so you have kind of these conflicting emotions and then, uh, you know, when, when uh, Sam Jacobson hit the hit the fly ball to left, and and I see Jared Gillen running home, I'm just like, I cannot, be- like, I can't believe this. I can't believe we did this. And you know, just having having my staff there with me, and it was just a a, a pure joy moment, and something that I, I mean, at, at, you know, I just always, if I'm down, I just go back to that moment whether in my head or on YouTube or whatever it is. And it, it always, uh, it always lights me up. So you win the title, you head to regionals. What's the, I would imagine there's a little bit of a, a balancing act that you want the kids to remember this forever. This is a once in a lifetime opportunity, but we're also in a position that a lot of schools would be envious and we need to take advantage of it. So leading into the regionals, what was the message to the kids? How did you approach it to kind of balance those two things? And I kind of, to your point, it sounds like it's a group that didn't have to be told to make sure you enjoy the moment. No, not at all. Yeah. You know, the, the thing I said to him was this can be a really, really cool moment and we can also go there to win. It can be both things at the same time. Um, and so we, it was great. I, I actually talked to Landry before we left and, you know, I, I saw who our opponent was and, and the stats, I mean, the stats are just like, it's like, how did they ever get out? You know, these guys are unbelievable. How do, and, and he said to me, we play in a really good league. Don't let these, don't let the stats fool you. You can go there and you can beat these guys. And, uh, and so I, I, I said, Hey guys, Landry said, you know, <laughs> anytime I need to make a point, I just, Hey, Landry told me that, uh, this, this is what I needed to say. So, but you know, I mean, he was, he was absolutely right. We, um, and, and the thing is we actually, we flipped our, we flipped our starters, uh, for the regional, um, Dan Gostowski was our pitching coach at the time. He said, I think we can win this, but we have to throw Ryan, Ryan warm in game one. And Ryan had been, you know, our two, three, we had, you know, four very good arms. Um, but 
you know, we, we have to throw Ricky who ended up being an all American. We have to throw Ricky a game too. So, uh, so Ryan, we throw him game one and he's the perfect arm to throw against those guys. Lefty change up, you know, carved them up. Um, and, and then, you know, Baldwin Wallace goes ahead. And I thought, you know, this was a great run you know, we brought in our closer in like the seventh and, uh, you know, they, they lit him up a little bit and I was like, all right, well, this was fun, man. I really enjoyed this. And then, uh, Jackson Roberts steps up and hits a three run bomb off the foul pole. And I was like, all right, I guess it's not over yet. You know? So, um, so they just continued to surprise me. Uh, and you know, coach, coach Gus made a, a gutsy call and, um, to, to go with Ryan, but it turned out to be beautiful and just we we had it lined up all four of our starters got a game in the regional and um and other teams are trying to bring guys back and you know number ones are throwing on one day's rest and we're we were lined up perfectly and uh and and yeah that was uh i mean again just another like "Ah, i can't believe this is happening this is pretty cool had a moment (laughs) yeah i mean the regional the way it was set up and you know it was a thursday friday saturday sunday you guys play a game a day, and this story's just building and building, and only one of the games was a one-run game. You guys, you know, for the most part, were in control. I mean, is there moments when you just like, and you kind of said this, I guess this keeps going, like you just kind of keep looking at the coaches and going, I don't know where this is going to end. We just almost can't lose right now. Yeah, it's, it's funny. We had um... – you know, the guys had like the, the playlist on the bus and, and we're going to, we're, you know, we're going to games and it's like, you know, they're just like having, it's like a party, you know? And I'm like, okay. Like if this is what we, you know, if this is what we need to do to win, of course, like, that's great. Like, let's do it. It's fun. And, and then at one point it's like, you know, I'm, I'm getting kind of nervous. Right. So the, the last game of the regional was, um, we weren't sure we were going to play. There was, if Cortland won, we would have had to play the next day. Southern Maine won, then we would play that day. We would we would play that night, and Cortland's winning like eight to one, and so we figure we're not going to play. And so I'm nervous. I'm I'm in the hotel room, and i i call my I call my wife, you know, for support. Um, and I said, I'm just, I'm really nervous. I'm just really nervous about, about this game. You know, we're like, we're in the driver's seat We're now we're supposed to win. And she's like, well, of course you're nervous. It's the biggest game of your career. I was like, oh, well, I, I appreciate I, You know, thanks. Um, <laughs> that made me feel so much better. So I'm going to turn Maury back on and watch that, you know, but, um, but, uh, but yeah, it, it was, you know, it was like, we weren't sure we were going to play. And, uh, and then Southern Maine comes back and wins. And so now we're on and it's like nine 30 start and, you know, everybody's nervous and, um, well, I'm nervous. I don't know that the players probably weren't, but I was really nervous. You know, I got to the point where it's like everything, the flip, the, the script flips. And now, now you're in the driver's seat and, you know, as a coach, it's, you know, outwardly, I'm trying to be, you know, kind of stoic and Hey, we're fine. But, you know, it's just eating you up on the inside. Never been there before. Don't know what you know, what to expect. So, um, but yeah, it turned out to be, uh, turned out to be a pretty good night for us. So you win the regional, how does that compare to winning the conference? Is it a different, different set of emotions, obviously joy, but it's, I would imagine it's kind of different. Yeah, it was different. It was, um, it was more of like, uh, I don't know. It's just kind of like unbelievable. Like I, I was, you know, I, 
I saw other schools do this. I've seen other people go through this and I just, it was never, I never thought about it. I thought like for me, the conference was the thing, right? And, and so I wasn't even, listen, I don't need to worry about a regional. We got our own issues to deal with here in this conference, right? We got to get out of this conference first. So the regional for me was just like, okay, this is pretty cool. And then you start to see, hey, our team's just as good as these teams, you know, all these teams that you've, you've heard of and that, you know, are always in the, with the numbers by their names and we can beat these guys. Um, And so our our guys, I don't think knew enough to know who was supposed to be good or anything. You know, I don't know that they were like D3 baseball groupies or anything and following uh, what teams were, were, you know, national powers or anything. But, you know, when we got, when we got to play them, it was just really affirming that, you know, we have guys that are, are just as good, if not better than these guys we're facing and, and we can beat anybody at any time. And then you go to the college world series, you win a game at the the college world series, you go one and two, uh, when it, well, what was it like to, to win, you beat Wooster for your victory there to, to win at that level. I mean, the elite of the elite and to, to grab a win there, uh, what was that like? Uh, it, yeah, it was really cool. We, you know, again, seeing the teams go, okay, you know, they're, they're good, but so are we. And Sawyer Lake went out and pitched a complete game an awesome, an awesome game, just did a great job and watching him pitch. And then, you know, we had our beaker has two doubles and, you know, Gillen's driving the ball and Roberts is hitting them. I mean, it's like, all our guys showed up and played, you know, and, uh, and it was just, it, it was a really cool feeling because, you know, you have like these little, these little goals along the way, you, you get to the regional. It's like, all right, I at least want to win a game at the regional. Can we just win a game? And you win the regional. You go, okay, well, let's get the world series. This is really cool. Let's at least win a game at the world series. That would be a really neat accomplishment. Um, and then, you know, we, we lost the next game in 14 innings uh, and, had uh, you know a ball go it had a you know whatever 20 foot wall and it it hit like an inch below the line you know our guy hit it uh would have been game you know a game winning homer and so you know it really brought us to the forefront i feel like and and just that that confidence that we can play with anybody um and but going to that and and being there where everybody is celebrating division three baseball and you know, it's the best of the best. You get an opportunity to, to kind of test yourself against, against everybody else is that's what you, that's what you play for. And, uh, it was, you know, it was so cool. I'd love to go back and do it again. How has that experience that season, that success, uh, changed the program? Your, I would imagine you're looked at completely differently now. Yeah. Yeah. It was, you know, uh, again, Landry, when we were talking about it, he's like, just, understand that you're everybody's circle game. Like everybody's, everybody's got you circled on their, on their, uh, their, their schedule so that, you know, you're going to face, you're going to get calls that you normally didn't get called against you. You're going to have guys, you know, having amazing games that normally wouldn't, it's just going to happen and you just have to be prepared for it. And we tried to prepare for it. It just, it was, it was really hard. You know, you lose and everybody, goes nuts on the other team as opposed to, oh, we won that game, you know? And so, um, 
but that's great. That's what you, I mean, you want to be, everybody strives to be the Yankees, right? Everybody wants to be the team that, you know, that, that wants to, everybody wants to beat. And so that's, we hope that that's where we are. We're in that conversation. Um, I think the big thing was that some of those, those powerhouse teams would actually play us now um, and, you know, in, in the seed during the season so that, you know, we can have that schedule, that, that resume that gives us a good, a good look for a bit if we don't win the conference, that kind of thing. So just different conversations, recruiting, obviously that's huge um, to, you know, to be able to put that out there with the type of academic resume that the college has to say, Hey, you know, you could have a chance to play uh, not only for a centennial conference championship, but you know, at the national level too, and, and hopefully strive for that national championship. I think it, uh, it, you know, what kid doesn't want to want to win a national championship. And my final question, favorite part of what you do. Uh, The kids, you know, just, just being around them, you know, that they're, amazing amazing young men and i'm just like in awe of what they do and and academically uh, you know from a a baseball standpoint the effort they put in uh they're just really they're really good people and um it's so it's just it's comforting to know that that these young men will will grow up to be leaders in our country and and know that uh you know we're in we're in good hands with these guys i'm uh, you know if we don't win a game uh, in the season, but I get to coach these guys. It, it it's going to feel really good. Uh, but you know, hopefully we win some games, but, uh, but they're just good. They're just good young men. And that, you know, that makes me happy that, you know, they'll, they still text me after they graduate and that we still have that kind of relationship. You know, that's really cool. But, but it's always nice to have those moments you can go back to like, Hey, remember that bus ride after the regional? That was pretty cool. Right. Um, and so I hope one day uh, that group will, will join me and, and we'll all go in as a team to the Swarthmore uh, Athletics Hall of Fame together. And, um, you know, it'll be a, a pretty cool moment when we do that. Matt Midkip, thanks so much for taking the time. This was fun. Matt, I appreciate it, man. Hang in there. That will do it for this week's episode. want to thank Swarthmore College baseball coach Matt Midkip for being our guest, our final guest of the calendar year 2020. If you like the podcast and you want to help us out and you listen on Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating and a review. You can follow the show on Twitter at OneOnOnePod. You can follow me on Twitter as well at MattLeon1060. Thanks so much for listening. Like I said, this is our final episode of 2020. We will be back in 2021 with more conversations with people you should know more about.